And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Brandon Vogel from counterread.com reminder to buckle up hands on the wheel eyes and focus straight ahead the driver has one job to drive this message brought to you by the ndot highway safety office mr vogues how was thanksgiving thanks for jumping on with us i'm doing well thanksgiving thanksgiving was great the parents made the trek out from from nebraska so got to have a couple more seated seats at the table than than is typical for us so it was uh it was it was nice that is that is good i love hearing that we have started the discussion of smoke or is it just wildfire smoke uh when it comes to um to, to tony white and his future in lincoln what do you think what do you believe i think elijah laid out the the why you don't go to usc usc's the the the, the school now you're hearing about there's openings that you know tony white looked at san diego state there was an interview there at least that's what the union tribune was reporting so how do you ballpark this here your level of concern is what and what do you think about the usc possibility there for tony white i mean my, my level of concern isn't zero because um he is at the point in his career with a string of recent results that make him a candidate for uh, either head coaching jobs or kind of upper echelon, I guess, for for lack of a better term, coordinator gigs. That said, um, when I look at USC, I don't know that that's a better spot for 2024 than Nebraska is. Um, You look at the season USC had, there's going to be a ton of attention on this D coordinator hire. There's going to be a ton of attention on Lincoln Riley's defense, um, no matter who he hires to to uh, run it, because that's been the weak link, right? So, and oh, by the way, the Trojans have to to make the Pac-12 to Big Ten transition. And I would argue they might be the worst positioned because of their uncertainty and their lack of success on defense to make that out of those four. Um, now they can put up a ton of points still, and they probably still will, but, um, (laughs) you just look at how UCLA plays and where Washington and Oregon are at at the moment. And I think they're all a little bit ahead of, of where USC is. So if you factor all those things in, I would be extremely surprised to see Tony white. And this is just a feeling Mm -hmm. leave for another coordinator job. On the head coaching front, I think San Diego State filling its spot uh, was probably the biggest threat. You know, Tony Tony White still has a connection to New Mexico, but to be frank, that's one of the toughest FBS jobs that there is. And UTEP isn't much ahead of it, um, though, though he did play high school football in, uh, in El Paso. So if either of those schools got him, they would be hitting more. They would be hitting a home run worthy of the biggest, biggest bat flip we've ever seen. And Brendan, you kind of nailed <laughs> what my take was back in the first segment in that if Tony White's looking for a, a defensive coordinator gig for the next four to five seasons, USC is probably a really good spot with the warm weather, the recruiting, how much money you could potentially make down there, even after taxes. But where I'm at is I don't think Tony White is looking for another rebuild spot defensively. I think he's looking to build a defense, which he kind of did this season, 
and parlay it into a head coaching gig. And I don't think the, the USC move is necessary. Looking at what he has bring, coming back next season, the young talent that he has, I don't think it's necessary to go make another move in order to get yourself a good head coaching spot maybe next offseason, even possibly this offseason. And, and is that kind of where you're coming from here, that, you know what, it's, it's a good gig, someone is going to get really lucky that they get the USC spot because of the warm weather, because of the recruiting, because of uh, the the move into the Big Ten, that despite how difficult that's going to be, it's going to open up some more recruiting avenues for you. But I just don't think it makes sense for Tony White if you're looking to go somewhere for one year. I think it's a much harder rebuild at USC than what he had this season at Nebraska. Yeah, I think it's a higher risk, high, higher reward scenario of going to USC. If you go there and USC makes the transition to the Big Ten, goes 10 and two or better and the and it's because and you go you can show on paper like you could with nebraska this year the defense took it took a pretty big step forward you'll get a ton of credit for that um and you'll be in the spot where you'll be a head coaching candidate again at nebraska you've already got a year's worth of groundwork laid if you feel confident and at this early stage in the offseason i personally feel pretty confident about this that like the defense still has areas where it can improve. And if the offense comes along with it and Nebraska jumps to say eight and four or something like that, um, you're going to get a lot of credit for that as well. So I just don't see like if you talk about both USC and both Nebraska, USC and Nebraska seasons going like to expectation or better. Um, I don't know that USC offers that much more upside. Mm-hmm. Brandon Vogel's with us from Counter Read, counterread.com, talking Tony White, his opportunities. Rob Dog checks in on the stream and poses a good question. Does Rule go after a pro style or dual threat quarterback? And there are lots of quarterbacks available, some big names. DJ uh, from Clemson to Oregon State, I will not. Uh, insult his family or him trying to butcher that so we're going to go with dj everyone knows who we're talking about riley leonard although it sounds like notre dame may be um hot in hot pursuit there uh you know k-state's stud uh, will is is off and and thinking about the nfl but but could land somewhere else and he's already won a conference title and that that's a big question i i think Nebraska wants a passer first that's got some mobility. Uh, and, and they have that in, in Chuba, I, I think. But you, you've got limited options. You've got a, a, a run first guy in, in Harburg as it sits right now. And then you need one more face for that room that, that's not a, a true freshman coming in from high school in Kalen. So you got to look, don't you, to the portal? Yeah, I think you do. Um <clears throat> The, the question of dual threat or pro style is a big one. Um, and it's one that I'm kind of excited to dig into as we get into the off season. Um, I've got some, some plans for that on where Nebraska has been, where rules been, where maybe you'd want a team to be. Um, so there's a lot there to dig into. And I think assuming Nebraska takes a transfer quarterback, which way they go will, will be a meaningful data point. Out of the quarterbacks that are in there so far, um, I would say that Will Rogers, the K-State quarterback, who, if guys like the two you mentioned 
are kind of grad transferring and they, they have an idea where they're going to go. Um, they're off the board, but I think Will Howard, given the program he comes from, would be an mm-hmm. excellent fit for Nebraska. Now, probably every team in the country that wants a transfer quarterback is going to to reach out to him and try to get him. It's going to be it's going to be a tough a tough pull there. Um, if if Nebraska isn't in the sweepstakes for him, for me, I start looking towards G five guys with a proven track record or even FCS guys potentially. Um, because from what I've seen from the transfer portal so far is that it's just a little bit having that success matters quite a bit. It's Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Tony White, the transfer portal, Nebraska's quarterback situation and more. And Brandon, I want to get into some other transfer portal areas, something Schmidt and I were talking about before the show. I think we're going to get into it just a little bit later. Obviously, quarterback, whenever you need a portal guy, that's always going to take the headlines at any program in the country but I think there's some other positions that need to get filled I want to get your thoughts where else do you think Nebraska goes for transfer portal additions here this offseason because Matt Rowe kind of laid it out yesterday he's setting the expectations low maybe they don't go get a quarterback this offseason the transfer portal I still think they do but clearly there's some other spots that he's going to be interested in as well where do you think he goes for for the transfer portal to fill some holes aside from quarterback yeah I think it's I think you're mostly looking on the offensive side I think you'd take a receiver if uh, if if you found the kind you were looking for, I think the running back depth needs help with the just uncertainty around the injuries to your top two mm-hmm. so far. So those are the first two that come to mind. Rule said this week, you know, you can never be too deep on the D line, and with the D commit there this week, that might be another spot that I'd look for them to add. Brady, you need some water. It sounds like you're starting to get a little choked up. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, talk about God the transfer portal. It's the new era of college football. Whenever you look back at what was and what is now, I, I can understand a man getting choked up over that. It's just everything. Uh, well, I was going to send Vogue's a nurse, but <laughs> the nurse I have to offer me, <laughs> he didn't want. <laughs> Sweetie, you're going to Tennessee. I am, uh, I am, I am b- battling through illness. This is my flu game. I love it. Vogue's is going to go for forty-three, uh, and uh, I love it. So. Linebacker is what we're going to get into next segment. Do you look at Nebraska being thin, like uh-oh, or just unproven? Um, I mean, it's another spot where I could see him taking a, a, a proven player. Um, you know, Rule's been pretty clear on this, and just talking about how big they are in development. You know, we saw a guy like Jamari Butler, what he was able to do with mm-hmm. – with his first real snaps, I mean, Bullock, a, a guy who had played in the secondary previously. So my guess is that's a spot where they might feel a little bit more comfortable with where they were at, um, kind of behind the scenes, perhaps. So, you know, if, if a player presents themselves there, I, I think they're always going to look. But I think he's pretty serious about this, like being a little bit transfer, the transfer portal being a luxury uh, mm-hmm. is where they want to be. He, he mentioned it in his press conference this week, you know, looking at where the playoff teams were. Georgia ranked 55th in 24-7's transfer portal rankings. Um, Michigan was 17th. Washington was 46th. And then FSU was 6th. 
So you look at those programs that are a little bit further along the line than maybe FSU was trying to come up there. I mean, Michigan's pretty far down the line. And uh, <clears throat> there's, there's a good argument there that you want to supplement through the portal. You don't want to have to rely on it. Well, the supplement of Coleman to Florida State from Sparty was <laughs> pretty awesome <laughs> to get the best receiver in the country uh, away from Uncle Ted in, in East Lansing. Uh, that was a big get. Vogues, real quick, tell us about Counter Reed. How can folks get involved with what you and Aaron are doing? Uh, fill us in. Yeah, you can check us out at counterread.com. That's our um, subsec twice weekly newsletter for paid subscribers. We also do a couple of free things a week to uh, give people a look at what we're doing. Have a big, uh, I know it's already started, but NCAA volleyball tournament preview coming tomorrow that I think is pretty fun. So mm-hmm. keep an eye out for that. Vogue, you take care. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.